Happy New Year and welcome to the TESFE podcast with me, Sarah Simons. In today's episode, we're looking at the issues surrounding maths teaching, in particular GCSE resets. And this links to a brilliant feature by George Ryan in this week's edition of the TES magazine. Joining me to discuss this is Catherine Sezen. Could you tell us what you do in FA? Of course, I'm a senior policy manager at the Association of Colleges. I worked in further education for 14 years at two FE colleges. And when I joined the Association of Colleges three years ago, I was asked whether I would like to take on English and maths as part of my portfolio. I was really excited to do that because I headed up English and maths at college. And so I know the challenges, but I also know how incredible it is to actually be able to help improve young people's English and math skills. So you are the person to tell us about this tricky situation that's happening at the moment with the English and maths. I always say to people that I'm only as good as the information that's given to me by the colleges that I work with. So this is very much built on feedback that I receive regularly from colleges around the country. There's been a report published last year by Sir Adrian Smith and he warned that society's negative attitude towards mathematics was a cause for concern. It is culturally acceptable for individuals to confess that they can't do maths, whereas this would not be easily admitted for literacy, he wrote. That's something to get over for maths teachers, first of all, isn't it? That attitude that it's okay to be a bit rubbish at maths. I mean, I think many of us, even those of us who've got maths qualifications um, at level two or above, I think we often say, oh, I'm not so good at maths or that's not my strength. Whereas you're quite right, we wouldn't say that about literacy and our English skills. So I think part of the battle for maths teachers, but that's not to say it's not also a battle for English teachers as well, is issues of confidence So for young people who come to college who feel that they failed, and I think that's where there's the overlap with English as well, because obviously I think that's the same for young people who feel that they failed or have failed their GCSE in English as well. I think there's a real challenge to overcome this feeling of I can't do it and I won't do it. And so a lot of it is trying to build motivation and the fact that a lot of the students have quite a lot of gaps in their understanding and quite a lot of gaps in their understanding of more basic concepts. And I think that's a real challenge for staff. It's how you identify those gaps and then work with the young people to build their confidence and help show them that they can go on to be successful. I think for any young person who's resitting, there are issues of confidence across the board. But I think for math staff, it really is crucial that there is a focus on building confidence and encouraging students to see what they can do rather than what they can't. Of course, with the GCSE resets, the condition of funding for 16 to 19 year olds that those who've left school with a D or a three in maths and English have to reset until they get a C or a four, which has meant, of course, a massive spike in numbers. In 2013, that was 77,500 were taking GCSE maths reset at the age of 17 plus now it's 172 and a half thousand which is in such a short time is just well it's changed the FE teaching and learning landscape really hasn't it? Very much so so previously English and maths was very much on the periphery so we were like an outer planet 
And now English and maths is very much the centre of the solar system. So it's like the sun and everything else has to be timetabled around it. And obviously, as it's a condition of funding, it has an impact on the whole study programme. If a person doesn't attend their English and maths classes, we know how challenging it is to find the appropriate staff. So we've just done a survey with our members and again, what we're seeing is that it's much more challenging to find math staff than it is to find English staff. Why is that, do you think? I think there are quite a few reasons for that. Perhaps it goes back to where we started the conversation about people's confidence. So I think probably people feel more confident about teaching English. I think as well, what we've seen is lots of people who were in colleges teaching ESOL or EFL. So I can speak from experience. I started off in further education as an EFL teacher. So I taught English to international students and then graduated on to teaching GCSE and functional skills English as they became more central to the agenda. So I think you'll find that quite a lot of people might have graduated through from that route. Also, in terms of math staff, if you're a maths graduate, there are lots of very varied opportunities out there for you in industry. I'm not necessarily sure that teaching in further education is the first thing that people consider when they've done a maths degree. I think we also have to remember that schools as well are struggling to recruit maths teachers. And so we're in competition with schools which potentially can offer better terms and conditions and also a much more varied diet of what the teaching is so I think for me that's why you have to be really committed teaching maths in FE and I think probably you're the type of person who really wants to look at teaching the whole person I think it's very much building confidence it's very much going back to basics and making sure that you've filled those gaps for the young people before then embarking upon some of the more challenging concepts so I think it probably takes a slightly different person from the person who perhaps wants to go and teach students who are going to achieve sevens eights and nines at GCSE in year 11 or indeed are going on to do level three maths in a sixth form environment so it's probably a slightly slightly different focus one of the positives of the fe workforce is the diversity people who come from all different areas of industry into fe so seeing the workforce diversity as an asset rather than a problem people who aren't necessarily maths teachers coming in to teach maths is that something that's been used to its full advantage would you think in terms of teacher recruitment further education will always be innovative at looking at teaching staff and you're quite right so we do have people who are coming in having spent time in industry and I think that's an excellent routine so people who've had experience of the world of work who know the type of maths that's required and perhaps bring a slightly different approach to the classroom I, I think that's really important because we know that these are young people who haven't been successful in in school and so a different approach is really important we do see people who have come through the ranks. One of the best maths teachers that I've ever worked with was actually trained as an art and design teacher, but worked with me working with 14 to 16 year olds who were in danger of being excluded from mainstream education and really managed to engage them in maths and then took on the challenge of working with lower level students. So students who were coming in, perhaps not looking towards working initially at GCSE level but doing functional skills 
her approach was so creative. So I always remember one day that she got students and they were off to fly paper airplanes. And I said to her, what, 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 where, are you, where are you going? What are you doing? She said, oh, we've just been doing angles and now we're going to see whether they work. And it was just the engagement and motivation. Yeah. Students queued to get into her classes. And I'm delighted to say that she's still working in the sector. But she also said that she had the added advantage of perhaps being where those students were as well. So she'd also struggled a little bit with her math so could see where they were coming from. And I think sometimes, particularly with lower level students, that's really important. Because if you're very good at maths, sometimes you perhaps don't always see why maths is difficult or challenging so I think that's why it's important to have diversity I mean obviously you need people who have got really high qualifications in maths and particularly when you're teaching some of the higher concepts in in GCSE um, and particularly if you're a college which is also delivering maths at level three um, obviously we know there's also an agenda to deliver more level three maths So I think the great thing about FE is that it has that really good mix. And in the staff room, then people can be discussing higher level maths concepts, but equally they can be talking about how to effectively engage young people and the best ways to do that. And I think that mix and match is what makes it successful. Do you think part of the success that that teacher that you talked about had was that she was teaching differently, especially in context of some of our young people doing maths for 11 years at school and it still hasn't worked out do they want to see something different now after repeated failure yes i I think that's absolutely critical one of her points was that the young people that she was teaching were often on courses which were very vocationally focused she said you know these are young people who like working with their hands they like doing that's what you've got to focus on you've got to focus on what makes them tick So bringing real life examples from their own backgrounds, things that will engage them and that they can see the relevance. That is also significant in terms of the qualification that the students are working towards as well, because actually, oftentimes, I think out in the real world, what you're looking for is numeracy rather than a very high level of of maths. And we know that that's what employers are looking for. And so I think part of the work that we do at the association and working with colleges is trying to get that message across to the department as well as to whether the GCSE is the most appropriate qualification for all young people. It may well be the right qualification for some, but for others to push people towards doing GCSE when it may not necessarily be what they're going to need and may cause them quite a lot of stress is possibly not the right thing. Whereas I think one of the things that this particular teacher found who was teaching functional skills was that it allowed for that degree of flexibility perhaps to do a little bit more looking at problem solving aspects that particularly will come up in the new reformed functional skills and being able to be a little bit more creative because there's a a lot to get through in the GCSE curriculum as well which with the amount of time that staff have is quite a challenge. But to go back to your original question, I do think it's being innovative and using different techniques because as you so rightly said, Sarah, these are young people who've already been through the school system and it hasn't worked for them. So it is trying to find new and innovative approaches. Do you know, I get irritated that functional skills is kind of, in some areas, written off as a starter qual kind of a pretend one especially compared to GCSE I think there's so much scope in it for for exactly what you're saying creative interesting 
teaching to try and grab students who've maybe failed so many times not just the young people but the adults as well i think what we find is that young people will have gaps in their knowledge and understanding and that's why i think gcse sometimes which is a very wide curriculum and and quite rightly so but sometimes there's, there's so much of it that we can't focus on what the students are actually good at so the advantage of functional skills is actually to boost some confidence to be able to say yes i've achieved at level one I think it's really significant. And that's one of the arguments that we're putting to the department at the moment, that we feel that functional skills is not really valued. Part of that is to do with the progress measures, which doesn't really value it, and also tells you that if you come in with a grade two in maths, you need to achieve the level two functional skill in maths in order to show progress. And yet those same students, when we do initial assessment, are probably coming out at entry two or entry three. Yeah. So... If they were adults coming in to college, we would be saying, well, we really think you should try the the functional skills first and then we'll build you up towards GCSE. But that's the irony about condition of funding, that it doesn't allow that flexibility. So the study programme is supposed to offer the opportunity for an individualised study programme. But the only aspect of it that isn't individualised or can't be individualised is the English and maths for those students who've got a grade three or a D. So they have to do GCSE and equally those students who've got a a grade two have to do level two functional skills in order to show progress. That's not realistic. Somebody with a grade two doing a level two, you know, that's setting them up to fail. It's setting them up to fail. I know that that's what they've got to achieve by the end of the phase. But I think the challenge for many colleges is that students coming on to programmes who've got uh, level two in English and or maths. They're actually probably on a a one-year study programme. And whilst you do everything you can to retain them into the next year, you can't guarantee that. And so the progress measures make life quite challenging. I think they add an extra challenge to what is already a very challenging job within further education because we all agree that English and maths is really important. I remember how excited I was when I first heard about the condition of funding that yeah. it would really focus on English and maths. And I think, you know, we, we, we all buy into that. It's so important that young people have these skills. I think the difficulty is the vehicle and the lack of flexibility. Looking at maths, 19% pass rate for maths GCSE resets. For me, that's showing that there isn't as much learning taking place as we'd like because perhaps they're being shoved on the wrong qualification. You know, it's it's the the qualification, it's the amount of time that you've got within your study program, which is really significant. And I think, you know, when we're looking forward towards T-levels, for example, there are a couple of things there. Number one, the fact that there there will be flexibility within T-levels, that you can either do GCSE or functional skills. But equally, that a T-level will be a much larger program where there's a lot of investment. But one of the things we're also calling for would be to have that investment in the transition phase, where you're more likely to have students who haven't achieved their English and maths. And that it would be money really well spent to invest more money in that stage of the education process as well so that young people have the opportunity to spend more time more quality time in terms of English and maths with interventions proven interventions that will work which is why I'm quite excited about the Centres for Excellence so I'm hoping that Centres for Excellence will come up with some strategies 
for helping young people, particularly young people, but also adults to achieve in their maths qualifications, whether they be functional skills or GCSEs, and to be able to help disseminate that practice amongst all the colleges. And I say colleges because we know from DFE data that actually 90% of young people who are under the condition of funding are actually in general further education colleges. So it's really important that we have the opportunity to learn from others um, and perhaps learn from other jurisdictions from other countries to find out practices which work and are successful um, and can sort of break this cycle of failure for young people, which is so disheartening for the students, for the staff, for the management team, for everybody, really. Tell us a bit more about these Centres for Excellence. The Centres for Excellence is a programme that was announced following on from the Sir Adrian Smith review um, that you referenced right at the beginning, Sarah. One of the things that Sir Adrian said in his report was that in in order to look at level three maths, we also needed to look at level two and below. And so I think as a direct response to that, there was £40 million has been put into providing centres for excellence. I think I'm right in saying that there are 21 centres for excellence. and um, They're all colleges. And the idea is that those colleges will work within networks. So they'll be like a central hub to yeah. work with other colleges in their area to look at strategies which are successful for engaging students with a particular focus on maths so it may be to do with encouraging better attendance so it may be looking at timetabling it may be looking at strategies that work in terms of chunking for maths so we know that there are already some initiatives out there but it's looking at how we can ensure that colleges up and down the country are aware of those initiatives and can trial them effectively. So it's quite a long-term program. It's going to go across five years at least. And so hopefully it will be impactful in addressing some of the issues that you've already raised. You know, 19% is demoralising for everyone. But these centres of excellence, this is something that as they develop, we're going to be hearing a lot more about. Oh, I think so. So they're very, very new off the press. They were announced in the autumn term, and I think we'll be hearing a lot more about them as we go through through the spring term and into the summer Um, and I think they'll really start making an impact probably from next year in fairness because people have sort of got to get them up and running and start forming those networks but I think it does provide an opportunity for people to come together so one of the greatest events that I've been to in English and maths was an event held in the northeast in Middlesbrough they brought together six of their local further education colleges they had a common inset day or CPD day And it was so amazing to have the privilege to talk to so many English and math staff. I thought I was going and talking to 40 people and I got there. Um, It was at a football stadium and there were about 300 teachers in the room. (laughs) I was a bit awestruck, actually, but it was so amazing. And people there, they were so encouraged to have that opportunity for CPD because it is a real challenge for colleges because you really need the people in the classroom. It was a really innovative practice, I thought, to see all these staff be able to share practice between them. Yeah. And also it really motivated the staff themselves because they said they felt 
uh, really special that they got this day and they've got this opportunity to share the challenges but also share some of the good practice with each other so and those sort of things remind you how much you love your subject as well oh absolutely and they just they remind you how much how much those subjects are important they also remind you of how important it is to invest in in those staff and to motivate the staff because you know, it is really difficult in college when other departments are getting, you know, success rates in the 80s and 90%. And that's just not the same in English and maths. And and I think that can be quite demoralising and stressful for the staff. To actually invest in that way is, is really positive. So I'm hoping that that's the type of thing that we might be seeing coming out of the Centres for Excellence. Catherine, it's been really interesting talking to you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Really great to speak to you at the beginning of a new year. And I hope that we can catch up again, Sarah. Fabulous. Thank you. This has been the TESFE podcast with Catherine Sezen and me, Sarah Simons. Join us again soon for all the FE news and views. Thanks for listening.